Hi, this is Kristen Regal. And this is Paul Rock. And welcome to the Common Room Podcast. Um, every Sunday at 1045, we gather together to talk about life and spirituality, about the common experiences we share, as well as some of the questions we wrestle with. We hope you enjoy this, and we hope to see you some Sunday at 1045. The scripture reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, and it is... Um, it's a, uh, a scripture passage that um, ha- deals with, kind of starts in the darkness and, and then moves to a place. But, you know, even at the end of the scripture passage, there's still a little bit of confusion. So we thought it would be kind of appropriate for this year's Easter message. And we invited a few different members of our congregation to do the scripture reading. And so we sent out um, the scripture text and then we had about four or five different people call us on the phone and we we audio taped uh, their, their, uh, their message and their reading. And so now we've got that for you. And so here is the scripture reading from this morning from a handful of folks from our community. This is a reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 to 12. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, the women went to the tomb, bringing the fragrant spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They didn't know what to make of this. Suddenly, two men were standing beside them in gleaming, bright clothing. The women were frightened and bowed their faces toward the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He isn't here. He has come back to life again. Don't you remember what he told you back in Galilee? That the Messiah must be betrayed into the power of evil men and be crucified. And then he would be raised again the third day. And returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now is Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women uh, with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. However, Peter ran to the tomb to look. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. And he went away wondering what had happened. So, friends, uh, I think all of us have that sentiment this, uh, this Easter morning. What, what happened? Um, if you look at where you are right now, I mean, just, just take a minute. It, it's, it's Easter morning, and you are sitting wherever you're sitting, staring at a computer. And I'm standing here in the chapel at Second Presbyterian Church, and churches across the, the country, across the, the globe, are, are empty. Um, this is nothing that any of us would have imagined. Some of you, your, your job, your livelihood, your routines have been totally turned upside down here at Second Pres. Our staff has had to learn their jobs all over again from the beginning in a new way. And then just when you think you've got it down, something happens and you realize you're not in control at all. These are unique times to be celebrating uh, Easter. Up until about a month ago, things were, um, things were pretty certain. Right. We um, you got up and you, uh, you got dressed. You went to work. You, you went about your day. You um, had lunch with 
with colleagues or friends. You, if you needed to, went to the grocery store or the bank and you didn't really think about whether you grabbed a handle or, or grabbed a hold of a doorknob. Um, when you had a question or you wanted to talk to someone, you just walked right up to them and, and you talked to them and you, you breathed out loud and you, and you laughed together. This is a holy week that we had been planning for for some time and we had services planned for sharing meals around tables on Monday, Thursday, for walking through the sanctuary for uh, the Stations of the Cross on Good Friday and picking up objects that we would share together. Then, of course, we had three services planned here to, to pack this place and these spaces with people sitting right next to each other, shaking hands, sharing the peace of Christ, singing with all their hearts. That was our plan. Up until a month ago, our calendar, our plans, your calendar, your plans, our travel, our jobs, our bank accounts, all of it, we thought it was just going to be Okay, and whether you liked your job or you didn't, you had one. Up until about a month ago, none of us, maybe just a few of us, even knew what an M95 mask was. What a time. On that, um, on that note, as we think about this globe of ours, this, this world of ours, and what's happened in the last month or two. Friends, we are not alone. Everybody, literally everyone across the globe, their schedules, their calendars, their certainty has been tipped upside down. Routines have been shaken. Nothing is certain anymore, and we will never be the same. On that very first Easter morning 2,000 years ago, when Jesus emerged from the tomb, no one actually witnessed it. It says in our scripture reading this morning that the women were there early, but even when they got there early, the stone had been rolled away and the tomb was empty. Jesus was already gone. So even by the time they got there, death had been defeated. All was forgiven. Creation was reconciled to God, but it didn't feel like it yet, at least. It was still cold and it was dark, and the women were thinking that they were still looking for a dead body of a friend of theirs who hadn't been able to have a funeral service. They wanted to finish what hadn't been completed. It didn't feel like Easter, but Christ had risen. And then there's the disciples. It says that the women went to tell the disciples, but they thought it was an idle tale, sadly, except for one disciple, and that was Peter. And Peter, says, got up and he ran, and he ran all the way to the tomb. And when he got there, he ducked in and he looked underneath because Peter just had to know. Um, because Peter was, was a mess. Peter was a wreck, as you recall, of all of the disciples. Peter was the impetuous one, right? Peter was the one who was always the most certain. Peter was the first of the disciples to, uh, to, to acknowledge and to proclaim that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, was the Son of God. Peter was the one on that night, that night when Jesus gathered together with his disciples and, uh, and told them around the table that you all are going to betray me, or at least you're all going to, to leave me. Um, Peter was the one who spoke up at that time and said, I will never desert you, Jesus. Even if everyone else does, I never will. He was full of that kind of certainty. He knew how things were going to happen. He knew what kind of 
kingdom Jesus was building. He knew what kind of Messiah Jesus was going to be. He knew what role uh, he would play in that kingdom. He knew how everything was going to unfold. Until that night, that same night, after dinner, and they retired to the garden, and the religious leaders and their guards showed up to arrest Jesus. Peter forgot everything that he had been taught, forgot everything that he had said. Instead of following the Prince of Peace, he grabbed a weapon and he cut somebody's ear off, and then he ran. He ran away, just like all the other disciples did, and Jesus was arrested and taken. Peter followed from a distance for a while, and in the course of that evening, he was approached three different times by different people who said to him, hey, weren't you one of the disciples? Weren't you a follower of Jesus? And on three separate occasions, Peter flatly denied his relationship with Jesus, his affiliation with him. He abandoned Christ totally. Finally, finally, when Peter did realize what he had done, finally, when he did realize that not only were his certain plans for the future demolished, not only was his career that he had anticipated over, not only was his dear friend about to die, he also realized that he was not the man that he thought he was. And he wasn't the person that he wanted to be. And the scripture says that he broke down and he wept. Peter was devastated. But there's something interesting about Jesus's relationship with Peter. And it's something I think it's good for all of us to reflect on the perspective of Christ, God's perspective on this whole epic that we are living through right now. The same way it's kind of depicted in Jesus's relationship with Peter. When, when Jesus first met Peter, his name actually wasn't Peter. His, his name was Simon. And, and it was Andrew and Simon who were brothers and were fishermen together. Andrew was the one actually who met Peter first. And then he took his brother Simon and said, you've got to meet this guy. And so he brought Simon to meet with Jesus. And as soon as Jesus met Simon, he looked at him. And this is what he said in, in John chapter one. He says, you are Simon son of John or Jonah, or sometimes in some of the readings it says Bar Jonah, you are Simon Bar Jonah, which means Simon, son of John. But then he says, you will be called Cephas, which is the Aramaic, the Greek is, is Peter, which means rock. And so Jesus looked at this young man, and in that one time he saw past, present, and future, and he saw three names, three identities that Peter kind of held all together in the same being. He said, you are the son of John. That's where you came from. You are Simon. That's who you are now and the reality you are experiencing now, but you will be Peter. You will be a rock, but not the kind of rock that probably you think you will be. Jesus looked at Peter in that moment and saw the whole breadth of his life and the future. He said, I know where you've come from. I know who you are, and I know who you will become. I know how you will emerge. Jesus knew with eternal certainty that Peter would become a leader in this community of love and grace and hope that Jesus was building, but a different kind of leader than probably Peter ever could have imagined. And Jesus knew also that, that Peter in his present state was certain 
like to know and at least think that he knew how things were going to unfold. He was cocky. He was confident. And Jesus also knew that within Peter, there was the ability to fail, to fail completely, to betray his friends, his Lord, his self. Peter's routine and his certainties, Jesus knew, would be shaken and he would feel utterly broken and lost. And that's where the resurrected Christ found him. This is the part of the story that I think is wonderful for us this Easter morning. Peter's story ends in the Gospel of John with Jesus tracking him down, the resurrected Christ coming back and going and finding Peter because Peter and Andrew had gone back to fishing. They were out in a boat in the lake fishing and Jesus, the resurrected Christ, found his way to them and stood on the shore and he called out to them. And Peter, his heart leapt because he recognized the voice and he knew that it was Christ, that he was resurrected and that he had betrayed him. And so it was the humble, the broken Peter, who the text says also was naked, uh, which is interesting. But this naked man dives into the water, wouldn't wait for his friends to even paddle to the shore. And when he gets there, Jesus cooks him dinner. And then he asks him three times. Peter had betrayed Jesus three times, had denied knowing him three times. And so Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And all three times, Peter says, yes, God, you know. Yes, Lord, you know, I love you. But the way that Peter answered that question, the way that Peter said it this time, was without cockiness, without assurance, without that self-confidence or certainty that he had before. This was an I love you that came with humility and brokenness and a thanksgiving and an appreciation that he had never known before. And then Jesus says to him, Peter, now you're going to be a different kind of fisherman. You're going to be a leader, but you will be a servant. You will be a caregiver, and you will feed my sheep, all of my sheep. Friends, I want us to hear uh, on this strange Easter morning, when everything was certain in our lives, right? Just a month ago, everything that was certain is no longer. When our plans and our routines have been broken, when our lives and lives and families across the world have been shaken, this Easter, when it is Easter, but it still feels kind of dark and cold. Friends, on this Easter morning, Jesus has risen and life will prevail and we will never be the same. Our God, your God, knows who you were and knows where you are and, and what you're dealing with and what your present reality is today. And our God of life and death and resurrection knows where we will be and that we will emerge and we will never be the same. And that this uncertainty, this pain that we walk through will strip us of our cockiness, our self-assuredness, and will leave us more humble. It will make us better servants and leaders and friends. It will remind us of all that we have in common with everyone across the globe. It will make us better humans and lovers 
and partners. It might, um, it might not feel like it, friends, but Easter is here, Easter is coming. May it change us all, and may we never be the same again. Amen.